Good evening, everybody. Such an honor and a privilege to speak to you today. I never take it for granted the opportunity to share with you. You know, the Bible says it like this. Of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Now, of course, we are pursuing God and going after him with every fiber of our being because there are deeper depths and higher heights in him that we're really pursuing. The Spirit of God has been really dealing with me, and I try to be as transparent as possible. Of course, I don't tell you all my business, but I do try to be as transparent as possible to make sure that I let you all know that I am a man of God and I am a prophet, that God is a dang, but I have been touched, as Jesus said, with the same infirmities as you, some of the same battles and struggles and fights that you go through, I go through. I understand um, what it is to be a single man. If there's a man listening to me, I understand what it is to be single, period. I understand the battles of the flesh. I understand what it is to trust God, to believe God, to do supernatural things that only he can do. I know what it's like for the bills to be due, for a deadline to be met, and trust God to handle it. And I can testify that he may not come when you want him, but he is always on time. And so the Lord has been dealing with me about having integrity in every area of my life. I uh, fussed at the church on last Sunday on purpose and dealt with them about how some of us love to work out. And I have nothing against working out. I think working out is all of us need to do. Um, but some of you have made a God out of your body. The Bible declares that bodily exercise profit is little, but it does profit. And some of you work out, but you won't pray. You'll sow and give to a trainer, but you won't give to the kingdom. And you'll do all of this for your natural body, but care nothing about your eternal soul. And some of you are very faithful. You wake up faithfully and go to the gym, or you work out two and three times a day. Some of you four and five times a week, which is good but you've made a God out of your body, okay? And God is not pleased with that if you spend more time at the gym than you do in his presence. If you spend more time at the gym than you do on your faith, in your word, fasting, seeking him, and pursuing him and communing with him, you can make a God out of it. And I fussed at the church on that, and then the Spirit of God dealt with me. And when I got home and woke up the next morning, he said, well, you hush because you ain't doing nothing. I said, yes, Lord. So he began to deal with me about how I had to have integrity in every area of my life. and I'd always have a balance because a false balance is an abomination, but a just way is his delight. And I try to make it my business to have balance in every area of my life so that nothing is missing and nothing is broken. God asked me one day, would you live in a house that was condemned? I said, no. He said, if you're walking down the street and you saw a house that was condemned, would you live in it? I said, no, sir. I would not live in a condemned house. He said, well, why did you subject my spirit to a condemned vessel? Whew. Isn't that powerful? Why do you subject my spirit to a condemned vessel? Do you take care of yourself? Are you eating right? Do you exercise? Do you love yourself? Are you going to the gym? Are you watching what you take in your temple? Because you don't belong to you. You are bought with a price. 
So God is just showing me how to have integrity in every area of my life. And I made it my business. I said, by convocation, which is November the 14th through the 18th, which is going to be an exciting time. Bless the Lord in St. Mary's, Georgia. We're just going to have an awesome time in the Holy Ghost. People are coming from near and from far. And actually, I'm going to do another live recording, another music CD. It's going to be powerful. Uh, they're at the convocation, but people are coming from near and far for the convocation. And I just want to encourage you that if you've not made your reservations, to go ahead and make your reservations and plan on being in St. Mary's, Georgia, the 14th to the 18th. And, of course, if you want to fly in, you would fly into Jacksonville. That's the closest airport to St. Mary's, Georgia. Or if you're saying, well, I, I can only, if there's a cheaper ticket that goes to Charlotte, get to Charlotte. And you can catch the bus from Charlotte to St. Mary's and then from St. Mary's back. It's $100 round trip. So if that's something that you're interested in doing or want to do, just go ahead and reach out, go on the website. All of the information that you need is there. But I'm so excited about what God is doing in my life. And so I said, by the 14th, I'm going to be in shape. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to take care of this temple. Bless the Lord. I got some suits I want to wear, and I want them to fall on me right. <laughs> so I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make sure that I have balance in every area of my life. I pray that you're praying for me. Of course, you know, on this Friday, I have to be in Atlanta, Georgia, for Bishop Hogan. I'm expecting a great meeting there in Atlanta. And then on that Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, I'll be in Greensboro, North Carolina, with Bishop George Bloomer. I believe it's called Prophetology. I'll be giving the prophetic forecast for what's coming. So these are just some things that the Spirit of God has dealt with me about. I think I'm going to share with you some prophetic forecasts and some things that the Spirit of God has dealt with me about. But I, I just want to share uh, just another thing that I believe the Lord would have me to share with you and talk to you about it because if you notice that um, – if, if you notice, a lot of my teaching these last couple of um, clarion calls have been about giving and trusting God and giving without manipulation, giving with the right spirit, giving in integrity, not giving and making people feel bad, not giving grudgingly, nor of necessity. Yes, but giving with the right heart, and with the right spirit, you understand. I really desire with all of my heart to see the blessing of God manifest. And even as God began to break the word of God down to me today as I was traveling, he showed me something that I have to do tomorrow. Cannot hesitate. I'm believing God to see the supernatural power of God manifested in my life. But God said, prove me. That's something that I want to make it my business to do. And some of us have a terrible attitude when it comes to giving or trusting God or believing God because by nature, your sin nature is very selfish. Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So it's my desire to have integrity. It's my desire to not be carnal minded, but to Think in the spirit, Colossians chapter 3. If you then be risen with Christ to set your affections 
on thing above. It's my design to let this mind be in me. Philippians 2, which was also Christ Jesus, to think on these things. Philippians chapter 4, whatever things are lovely, of good report, if there be any praise, if there be any praise, think on these things. Yes, it is my desire to see the hand of God move in my life because I operate with integrity. And, you know, I've traveled all over the world, and I've seen God move in a powerful way. And I've seen so many people be a blessing to my life. And trust me, and I'll never forget uh, a, a man of God, his whole church got together. It was in Virginia, in the backwoods. His whole church got together, and they gave offerings. And they gave me the whole offering. And I was very surprised by that because most times when a pastor has an evangelist to come, they don't give the pastor, they don't give the evangelist everything because if you give the evangelist everything, the church doesn't have anything. But this man of God understood the power of the blessing and the power of sowing and reaping, and he unlocked something in me. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, and I hope this will bless you and hope you will see the hand of God in your life. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 says this, Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruit of your righteousness. And this text is basically telling you that God gives seed to the sower. Okay? It makes it very clear. He that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food. The Lord made it very clear that I give seed to the sower, and that if you're willing to be a sower, God will find a way to get seed to you. That if you look at your business and say, Lord, I want to be a sower. I want to give to the kingdom. I want to be someone that you can trust in to be a financier for the kingdom of God. I want to be a channel that you can bless others through. If you make that your business to sow and tell God that you want to be a sower, God said that I'll make sure I get seed to you. And so this pastor didn't have all the money that he wanted to be able to give, but he just made a pledge. And when this pastor made the pledge to sow, the seed that he wanted to give, I believe it was a pledge of $1,000, and he wanted the whole church to come together and give uh, maybe fifty to $100,000, but he just said he wanted to give a thousand and made a pledge. And as soon as I saw him the next day, when I saw him the next day, he was prepared to sow. And he said that as soon as he made that pledge to give, the next day five pieces of property that he'd been trying to sell, sold. And he was in a position to be able to sow that seed because his desire was to sow seed into the ministry. The Bible declares that he gives seed to the sower and he gives bread to the ears, which lets you know you have two different kinds of people. You have sowers and you have eaters. You have sowers because the Bible declares he that ministers seed to the sower also ministered bread for your food. So you have two kinds of people. You have eaters and you have sowers. And an eater is somebody that's focused on their needs. 
And that's a lot of us. You want God to bless you so you can pay your bills, so you can pay your rent, so you can pay for your car, so you can do this, so you can do that. Everything is about you. You're an eater. But then you have sores, and sores are people who want to prosper. But the purpose of them prospering is so they can give. you got to check your heart. And one thing about God, whenever he gives, he gives more than enough. Okay, you don't serve a cheap God. You don't serve a God who has nothing. You serve a God who's more than enough. Psalm 23, my cup runneth over. So if you give in one hand, all right, and you, uh, if you receive in one hand and give in the other hand, there's going to be some left for you. Does that make sense? If I receive in one hand and give in the other hand, I guarantee you there's going to be something left for you. So look at verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. God said the reason I want to bless you is not for yourself, but I want to bless you so that you can be a blessing. And in order for you to be a blessing, you have to first be blessed. Genesis chapter 12, when God spoke to Abraham and called him out, look at what he said. He said, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. The only way that you can be a blessing is you first have to be blessed. All right? And I'm telling you that God will meet your needs. Of course he will. He will do exactly what he said he's going to do. He will meet your needs. And I want you to know that for God to meet your needs, that doesn't hinder him blessing you. You serve El Shaddai, not El Tipo. All right? Your God is not broke. He's not despondent. He's not broke down. He's rich in houses and land. He's El Shaddai. He's not El Tipo. The streets in his kingdom are made of gold. God likes nice things. And God said in Genesis chapter 2, I read this the other day, and it really blessed me. And uh, I believe that was Genesis chapter 2, the name of the first, 211. The name of the first is Pizan. That is it which compasses the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. God called gold good. They didn't know gold was good until God called it good. God wants you to be blessed. He wants to take care of your needs. Psalm 35 and 27 declares that God has pleasure in your prosperity. God is excited when you prosper. He gets pleasure when you are good. And I know the religious world wants you to feel like God is happy with you when you don't have nothing and you're just focused on him. One day at a time, sweet Jesus, I'm only human, all of that stuff. No. God has pleasure, Psalm 35, 27, in your prosperity. And if he has pleasure in your prosperity, he has displeasure in your poverty. God wants you to operate in the blessing, to have the best, to live in the blessed. And if God can get it through you, then he'll get it to you. I'm not interested in just blessing you for you. I don't want just eaters. But I minister seed to the sower. You have to ask yourself, if I never have seed to sow, am I a sower, am I an eater? 
As soon as I get my money, what is the first thing I pay my bills? Or do I ask God to put me in a position so that I can give more? Am I making sense? I hope it does. All right? Now, you have to be able to discern whether what you have is seed you sow or is it for bread that you eat. I'm not telling you everything you get you're supposed to sow because he that ministers seed to the sower also ministers food or bread to eat. So you have to ask yourself, is this seed that I'm supposed to sow or is this bread that I'm supposed to eat? Is it to be sown or is it to be eaten? Okay, I want to make sure you hear me because you don't plant your bread and you don't eat your seed. Okay, you don't plant your bread and you don't eat your seed. So the question is, how do you know? Well, you can go back up a little further in Second Corinthians chapter 9. I'm still in the same place that I've been, Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. And he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. If I want a big harvest, I have to give a big seed. And that's very contrary to what people want to do now. They want to give God $2 and be a multimillionaire. Lord, I'm trusting you with this $2 seed. You want to make me a multimillionaire? No. If you want to get a big harvest, you have to sow a big seed. Just think about a farmer. When a farmer gets ready to go and plant seed in the ground, he doesn't try to get the least amount of seed in the ground to produce a harvest. No. He asks himself, how much seed can I get in this ground? He breaks up the ground. He looks for as much ground as he can to sow into the ground because he knows that the more seed you put in the ground, the greater your harvest. That is not the attitude of most of us. Most of us are trying to figure out what is the least amount I can give for God to bless. And you wonder why the blessing is hindered in your life and you do not see the manifestation of miracles in your life. Now you need to take a minute and think about that. I'm very serious about that because it will bless you. It will change your life. I mean, it, it, it will really cause you to see that, that you are missing it. How much can I get in the ground? Because the more I get in the ground, the bigger the harvest. And most of you say, do I have to sow this amount of money? But a farmer doesn't want to sow little. A farmer wants to sow as much seed as possible because the bigger the seeds or the more seeds I put in the ground, the bigger the harvest. So how did you discern? I'm going to tell you how you discern. The question is, what kind of harvest do you want? If you want to know what's for seed and what's for bread, you ask yourself, what kind of harvest do I want? Because my harvest is contingent upon my seed. If I sow sparingly, I'll reap sparingly. But if I sow bountifully, I will reap bountifully. You have to plant the seeds so you can harvest. Okay, let me help you. Uh, plant a seed so you can reap a harvest. Watch this. 
depending upon what your needs are. Okay, if my needs are forty thousand dollars a month, okay, uh, or, or 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 don't sow where you are, so anticipating on what you want to do. A farmer makes his money from what he harvests. So he tries to put enough seed in the ground. Come on, stay with me now. He tries to put enough seed in the ground so that when he harvests, he can get back what he's sown, yes, plus more so that he can profit. And some of you just put enough seed in the ground to take care of your need, and you wonder why you just have enough. You always give the bare minimum. If you have $300, you're only going to give 10%, which is the tithe. But how about tithing on what you're believing God to do? That if you're believing God for $80,000 next year, how about tithing 8000 this year? At least. Okay? I, I, you have to give toward where you're trying to go. And remember, 10% is only the bare minimum. And some of you only give where you are and wonder why you have just where you are because you will not push yourself to give on another level. God is looking for somebody that will sow toward what you need your income to be so that you can give to the kingdom. A farmer plants enough seed to get the crop he's believing for. So you ask yourself, what do you want to give? You have to sow enough seed to produce what you want. If you say, my God, next year, God, I want to give $20,000 to the work of the ministry. Lord, next year, I want to give $80,000 to the work of the ministry. Well, if, I, if my tithe is $80,000, that means, glory to God, that I made $800,000 that year. And if that's where you want to believe God and so you have to sow on that level. But if you continue to sow where you are, you will only reap where you are. Because he that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. But he that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, a very familiar passage. I hope you're learning something because I am. Whenever God gives me something, I have to share it with you. Someone told me I'm like a bad refrigerator. I can't hold nothing when it comes to whatever God births in me. I want you to be blessed. I want you to receive the same things that I'm receiving and 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 really get it and come to a great knowledge and understanding so your life can be changed. But Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28 says, Let him who stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Okay. God does not want you for the rest of your life to be living off other people. And I want to tell you right now, if you are living off of welfare and you're living off of somebody else and other people are taking care of you, all right, I'm telling you right now, that's a curse. 
God does not want you living off of other people. He doesn't want you taking advantage of systems. He doesn't want you always trying to find a way to get over on people. No, that's a curse. And you have to break that off of yourself. You got to labor. God wants you to labor, working with your hands to give to him that need. Do you know that God wants to give you a job, but the job he wants to give you is not to take care of you? The job is so that you can give. God wants you to work a job, not for your needs, but for someone else's needs. Ephesians 4.28 says, But rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that need it. God wants you to have a job so that you can have to give to people that need it. And some of you say, well, what about me? I got needs. I have tuition. I have this I have to take care of. I have a car note. I'm trying to tell you that when you want God to move in your life, if you would make it happen in somebody else's life, God will make it happen in your life. That if you want God to do something debt-free for you, so into someone else becoming debt-free. I'm just telling you how it works. I'm telling you that God wants you blessed. But the reason he wants you blessed, he wants to give you this job, is not for you. It's for the kingdom. Everything that God does is for the kingdom. God gives seed to the sower. Remember the word of God says? I mean, I know it seems simple, but you have to ask yourself, if I never have seed, is it because I only give just enough, just enough to get by? I never give seed to the, God gives seed to the sower. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, I believe it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. And that perfect does not mean sinless. It doesn't mean that you are uh, flawless, but it means someone who's totally his. Someone who's seeking him with all their heart. God said, I'm looking for somebody that will seek me with all their heart, that your whole life, your whole assignment is to further the gospel. That you don't matter to you. Your life is not your own. You're bought with the price. First Corinthians chapter 6. Well, you really believe that? God said, I want to show myself strong on behalf of you. But I need you to trust me. Do you know that one idea can change your life? And some of you think it takes a whole bunch of stuff. You know, there was a president in the 1800s that wanted to get rid of the patent law because he thought that everything that could ever be created had been created in the 1800s. And look at so many things that have been created since then. One idea can change your life. One thought, katalabaso, one idea can change your life. I mean, I always tell people, think of the person who came up with the smiley face. Think of the person who came up with Snuggies, all right? Think of the person who came up with peeling potatoes and and these frying pans and skillets and hair products. One idea can change your life. There was a lady that, that was never able to do things, and one day, guess what she did? She made this clay that she was a big health freak and made this clay, you know, for her children because she didn't want her children to get the other stuff. You understand? Didn't want her, something was wrong with the products of the other clay, so she made her own clay. 
And she's sitting up there talking to the Lord. Lord, I refuse to live another day like this. I'm tired of living like this. I'm thinking that all my needs are met. I'm not sure exactly what her prayer was. But she believed God, and God said, the clay. She had it right under her nose and didn't know it. And she did it. She obeyed God. And now that woman has employed over 200 people, all because of one idea. One idea can change your life. If you be faithful, I don't care if you've been at a job and you don't like your job. I promise you that if your heart is right, stop giving the bare minimum and work with all of your might. Don't go in there slumber. I can't stand this job, always complaining. You hinder the blessing from manifesting in your life. Your promotion is not in the hands of your boss. Your promotion is not in the hand of the person who's mistreating you. I don't care how bad they treat you. Psalm 75 and 6 says God is your promoter, not the West, not the East, not the South, but God is the one who raises up people. Your employer may be the channel, but God is the promoter. And if you go to your job and you work as unto the Lord and be the best employer at your job, you set yourself up to be blessed. Put others before yourself. Just put others before yourself. I don't want to go to this job, but this is somebody else's job. This is somebody else's business. This is somebody else's company. It ain't your company, and some of you don't get it. You're so busy trying to build your name and build your brand and build your business, and you're not being faithful over another man's work, even you that in ministry. If you be faithful in the house that God has assigned you to and work as unto the Lord, God will promote you. I don't care who tries to overlook you. If you keep your heart right and don't focus on you, it's Matthew 6.33, a very familiar passage that most of us know it by heart, but we don't live by it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. What things? Verse 31, 32, all that whole verse tell you what the things are. Raiment, food, shelter, Whatever it is, God said, you don't have to worry about that. Just put me and my kingdom from you. If you're working a job and the job you're working, if you can look back and say, I did this, I, I produced this car, I produced this house, I produced this, then I'm going to tell you right now, you will never see the supernatural manifested in your life. But if you take on the attitude, that I'm going to trust God and allow God to do it, you will see you tap into the supernatural supply where you begin to say, yes, I might have worked, but God sent those clients. God gave me that job. God did this. God opened this door. If you make him first, don't think of how little you have to do or how little you have to give. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. And there is a process to this. Genesis 8.22, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed, time, and harvest. You sow your seed. You may not get a harvest in 24 hours. You may not get a harvest in the morning because there is some time involved. But I want to tell you this, the time isn't long. I'm telling you that it doesn't take 200 years. It doesn't take 50 years. I'm telling you that you have the power 
to speak to your seed and speak to your harvest. And there is a process, as I said, seed, time, and harvest. But it's really an attitude of the heart. Are you praying for your needs to be met? Or are you putting his needs first? Are you praying for your car payment to be taken care of and for your this and your that and I need this? And I, Are you praying for you? Or are you putting the kingdom of God first? Because I promise you, God, according to Numbers 23, 19, is not a man that he should lie. If you want to sow, I promise you, he'll get the money to you. The Bible declares, again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, this is the key. This is why God wants to bless you, because he said he's able to make all grace abound toward you, that he always have an all-sufficiency, and all things may abound to every good work. You need to ask yourself, am I able to get to every good work? Because if you're not, you've not tapped into the supernatural supply. If you go to a church and a church is trying to build a church, are you the biggest giver? Are you the biggest tither? If not, you've not tapped into the supernatural supply. And I want to teach you through the attitude of the heart, not manipulating God, not giving something to get back, but because you really love him and your desire is to see the kingdom of God established in the earth. And you really want to be faithful and giving, and you really want to be able to give to every good work. Not for you. Not for you. Not for you to have a nice car. I tell you, if you would honor God, he'll have to give you cars. He'll have to give you homes. I'm telling you what I know by the Spirit. Things that you will get, it won't make sense that you got it. But he will cause men to give unto your bosom. After God dealt with me on this today, I was got some things coming up, and I was putting this in place and doing this and trying to figure out how I'm going to do this, and the Lord said to me, you need to sow a seed. And I'm a faithful giver. I tithe very faithfully to my pastors. I have two pastors that I tithe to every week. He said, all right, but you need to see me move. You need to give. I said, yes, Lord, and I made a phone call. I, made, I sent a text message to my personal head of my finances and said, God said we need to sow. What do we have? Right now, I told God I need to sow. Not into me. It didn't make sense for me to sow into my own ministry. Even though I don't touch that money, I would reap from it. No, I need to sow into another ministry. To do in your life, you have to be able to do it in someone else's life. You believe in God to get, you need a car? Help somebody else get a car. You need your credit? Repair, help somebody else repair their credit. You need to, I promise you, what you make happen in the life of others, God will make happen in your life. And I've seen it happen so many times. So today I speak to you in faith, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sent by the Holy Ghost to challenge you. We're in a very strategic time, and I want you to begin to pray. You're really going to have to pray because God is sparing America for some dangerous days. The Lord showed me how the New York terror threat is getting ready to increase. And the Lord showed me that we have to pray for the South Philippines. There's an earthquake coming to the South Philippines. 
The Lord also showed me that there's a famous celebrity with the name Jennifer. I'm not sure who it is. But she's going to make the headlines, and her story is going to stir the masses. The Lord also showed me that we're to be very careful about the chicken that we eat. I'm not sure what's coming, but I see a famous chicken that's about to have a recall. So I don't know if that's Popeye's or KFC, but there's a famous chicken that's about to have a recall. All right? Okay. The Lord told me that uh, uh, we're going to see such chaos. I told you that the Lord told me that suicide was going to become popular. And I'm telling you, we need the gospel to get out. We need gospel preachers who are not compromised. The gospel has to be preaching. We don't need no one playing with our soul. But someone needs to let you know that Jesus is the answer. For the world today, above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. And that is done by the preaching of the gospel. And guess what? It doesn't take smart people. The Bible said the foolishness of preaching. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I mean, God's, God's foolishness is smarter than the wisest man. That's how powerful God is. God said this gospel has to get out. And when you make your life, about making sure the gospel is first and seeking him first and the kingdom of God and all. When you make your life about that, I promise you, you will see God move in your life like you've never seen before. So I want to make a challenge to 100 people tonight. 100 people that will say, man of God, I hear this word and I hear what you're saying. And again, if you're saying you're always asking us to give, you have the wrong attitude because you don't understand that the more seed you put in the ground, the greater your harvest. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If your whole attitude is, I can't do this, I'm sick of him asking for money, I'm sick of this, then I promise you, don't give it because you're giving grudgingly. And your attitude toward giving is wrong. But when you Take on the mindset of a farmer. Why do you think God used seed? He wanted you to understand the farmer. First natural, then spiritual. He showed you the farmer for a reason, because he wanted you to understand. A farmer does not try to put as less seed in the ground. He tries to put as much seed in the ground as possible to get a proper harvest. There are 100 people on this call right now. I know I don't believe this. I don't think this. I'm not assuming this. There are 100 people right now that are on this call right now. And I don't care what you have to do, but 100 of you need to give God a $100 seed. 100 that can give God 100. In faith, pastor, are you sure? Man of God, what do you mean? I'm telling you that God gives seed to the sower and that if you make your life about giving to the ministry, just today I, I, I'll be sending about a $5,000 seed tomorrow. I want to send a $5,000 seed to a ministry tomorrow because I need God to move for me. Okay, and not that he's going to move because God ain't stuck, but I need to tap into a supernatural supply for something that I'm believing God to do. So I'm sowing a $5,000 seed tomorrow in faith. 
all right? And I'm getting ready to make uh, some $50,000 pledges, okay? Because God gives seed to the sower. And I'm going to see God move like never before. I know I'm going to because I trust God and I take him at his word. I'm sitting up here scrambling and saying, Lord, well, we can do this to do this. And the Lord said to me, so you teach others to do it. Now you do it. And I've always given, but God said, all right, it's time to give on another level. I'm challenging 100 people in faith today to sow a seed of $100. BrianCarn.com, P.O. Box 11507, Jacksonville, Florida, 32239. You can send it that way. But I'm challenging you to sow this seed immediately, immediately, immediately. I'm challenging you to sow this seed. You know, everyone thinks California is going to win this World Series, but I don't think so. I'm just going to put that out there. Some of you say, Brother Khan, you're crazy. You shouldn't be prophesying about no sports. Well, I, I'm not saying I'm prophesying, but I'm saying I'm prophesying. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm prophesying, but I'm saying I'm prophesying. Anybody think California is going to win this series? I don't think so. Something's going to happen with a clock. I think something's going to happen with the clock. clock going to be reset. And I think California's going to lose this series. And I don't have no dog in the fight. That's just me talking. That's just me talking. I'm just talking. <laughs> That's all I'm doing is just talking. But I want to tell you by the spirit of grace that God is up to something supernatural in your life. And I have a desire to raise up 300 multimillionaires. 300. I want to raise up 300 multimillionaires who get the revelation on giving, who will trust me and will sit under the umbrella of this anointing and will change your perception and your thought process about giving, and you will see God move in your life like you've never seen before. Today, my life is changing. Over the course of the last three weeks, God has completely changed my thinking. But today, my life changes because I'm sowing a seed in faith of $5,000. And I'm going to tap into a supernatural supply. Are you hearing me? There's one per there, there, there. There's a hundred people that are to give a hundred dollars today, right now, under this anointing. If you're giving by mail, of course you can overnight it because I need to get it and probe it because I'm in a season of prayer and great intercessions. But I would encourage you to go ahead and sow that seed in faith. There's one person on this call. I don't believe this. I know this in the Holy Ghost. There's one person on this call. You are supposed to give a seed of $5,000. And there's another person supposed to give a seed of $11,000. Both of you. I've been told by the Holy Ghost to call you tonight. You say, Brother Khan, are you crazy? I just believe God. There's one person supposed to give God 5000 and there's another person supposed to give God 11000 And God told me to call you tonight to share with you a secret that's getting ready to shift your destiny. Father, it's never my desire to manipulate, to mishandle, to mistreat anybody. You told me that our hearts have to be right when it comes to this. 
So search my heart and try my thoughts. While I say this for my personal gain, may my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. But if I said what I believe you told me to say and talk this word with the right spirit, may the seed multiply. There are 100 people that I'm trusting you, Lord, to touch their hearts right now under this anointing to sow this seed in faith because they are sowers and you give seed to the sower. Let's pray for the Philippines. There's an earthquake coming to the Philippines. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for New York. And let's pray. Jennifer. If I had all the details, I would tell you, but I don't. But there's a Jennifer that's about to make headline news. I see a Jennifer on headline news, and the story is going to stir the masses. Okay? That's all I know. And I'm going to say it again. I don't think California is going to win. I think they're going to lose. <laughs> I'm just talking. I love you. I'm praying for you. I pray God's best over your life. The blessing is already on you. According to Ephesians chapter 1, you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly place. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can block you. He that sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. What kind of giver does God love? A cheerful giver. So go ahead and sow your seed today in faith. And I want to tell you, a hundred is just the minimum. You know, if you need a bigger harvest, so bigger. You heard the word. My whole life is changing. I'm telling you, every day, I know I say that every time I come on here, but my life is changing every time I talk to you. God gives it to me and I give it to you because I want to give you the secrets to success. I want to give you the secrets to tap into the blessing, into the overflow. I've been in Atlanta on Friday. If you're anywhere near the Atlanta, Georgia, Alabama, whatever area, meet me in Atlanta. It's going to be a powerful, powerful flow. On Saturday morning, I'll be in Greensboro, North Carolina, giving the prophetic forecast for this country, things that God told me that I should have come. I love you. There's one person giving 5000 There's another person giving 11000 You're on this call right now. If you're hesitating, don't miss it. God will do the supernatural in your life. Somebody's given 1000 I heard that in my spirit. There's eight of you giving 1000 I know that by the spirit of grace. It's eight of you. But again, only give and the level of harvest that you desire to receive. And watch God do the supernatural in your life. There's a hundred of you. I'm waiting on you. I need your names immediately. I need all of your names immediately. I need you to sow that seed so I can get your names and begin to go into intercession for you right now. The quicker you sow, the quicker I can begin to intercede and pray for you. And even share with some of you mysteries and secrets that God will open up for your life. I love you. I'm praying for you. If I don't see you Friday, I'll see you Saturday. If I don't see you Saturday, I'll see you Sunday at church. Some of you will visit KCC on Sunday morning in St. Mary's or Sunday night in Charlotte. And if I don't see you then, I better see you at convocation, the 14th through the 18th. If I don't see you then, I'll see you in December in South Carolina. And guess what? I'll be going to South Africa in December. So I'm so excited about it. I bought my ticket today to go to South Africa. Love you. Praying for you. More grace. Bye-bye.